3: Hello, everyone, welcome back to Rodaiz Overtime on Rodaiz Radio, brought to you by MyBookie and the FFPC. I'm Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined once again by Mr. Sean Siegel and Mr. Zero RB is what what I like to call him. We're going to be talking quite a bit about Zero RB today. We'll be talking about Sean's latest piece up on the site. We'll be looking through some of Monty Fan's work in terms of uh, playing in high stakes leagues and some draft strategy, uh, and some of Dave Caven's great work up on the site too. So I'm really excited to look through all things on today's show sean as we start off i just want to give a quick plug to uh pat Fitzmaris's podcast fits on fantasy which we were on uh yesterday and uh, i had the pleasure of editing that and getting it, it posted up but some great talk there as well so i just want to give a plug to that because uh pat, pat does some great work over there with his podcast but uh sean how are you doing this week
2: great it was a lot of fun to talk with pat and it was uh A rainstorm on his end i guess during the recording it didn't come through so much on my side so hopefully the the audio there is is still great (laughs) for listeners but you know recording in in a thunderstorm always adds a little bit of, of extra excitement yeah the zero running back countdown debuted yesterday with number 15 to number 11 we'll get into that a little bit and i have some big drafts coming up as i know many listeners do so this is a a fun week and like you mentioned we've got some good content to go over
3: so as we've been mentioning on the last few weeks of the shows as well we've been talking about road of his patreon i want to let you know again about joining up to the patreon we have a lot of good listeners in there having a lot of fun talking asking some questions as we get ready for drafts and we've actually started up a couple of the listener leagues, so it's fun having those ffpc drafts going on against the listeners and talking about it in the slack you can join up and get league winning advice and talk with many of the podcast and writing team Patronships start from just six dollars per month become a road of his patreon today and join the exclusive community of listeners you can sign up at patreon Dot com forward slash rotoviz radio and this week in case you need any more incentive to sign up we'll be giving away five ffpc 35 five dollar entries this weekend to our patreon subscribers that is right that is five all you have to do is sign up to patreon before sunday for a chance to win we'll be giving away those early next week and they can jump into our listener leagues if they wish with those 35 five dollar entries so sign up for six dollars a chance to win a 35 five dollar entry and also get that league win advice from all of our teams so uh, a great incentive there and we also want to remind our listeners that you can get that 10% discount to a Rotovis NFL pass right now through the Rotoviz NFL podcast homepage that is rotovis.com forward slash podcast that subscription as always gives you unlimited access to all of our premium content and tools and for a limited time only the two-year Rotovis NFL pass is also available to our listeners for that 10% discount Uh, and with that two-year pass you do get complimentary access to Rotoviz Patreon as well so get ready Get signed up and get that two year discount for 10% off. Once again, that is on the Rotoviz page that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. And uh, that will get you all set up and ready to go for both Patreon and for the 2019 season with Rotoviz. So Sean jumping into the second quarter we're going to talk about the zero RB candidates and that countdown list so you've released number 15 through number 11 obviously it's going to tick down each week until we get up to number one but uh, in terms actually uh, of the schedule is it going to be a case of it's a week by week or are you planning on getting these all out over over the coming week
2: no they, they they'll all come out this week we have uh, obviously a huge week of drafting a lot of weekend drafts I have a few people who contacted me uh asking for them a little bit early for uh some of <laughs> Thursday night drafts and, and i certainly understand how that goes i mean you want the, the zero running back candidates when you are on the clock there Th- this list has been a lot of fun i started it up in 2015 sort of talking through what i had done from 2008 to 2013 playing in the high stakes leagues and you know having a lot of success not just with zero running back which you know certainly during that time period was the very dominant approach to fantasy football but specifically with the types of players that we were wanting to draft it was not a thing of okay we're going to punt the running back position is we're going to wait but we're going to still nail it right and the 2015 list had Devonte freeman who obviously finished as the overall running back one the 2016 list had melvin gordon who you know it's hard to for, to remember now but melvin gordon was going in the seventh eighth round it was kind of fun uh some of the guys at nfl.com mentioned that i was saying gordon was the most undervalued player that we'd seen in a long time Obviously, the rest is history there with him. 2017, we had Kareem Hunt even before the Spencer Ware injury. We had Alvin Kamara, so you got the number three and number four running backs in fantasy football. And then last year, just across the board, it was very exciting. Philip Lindsay was on our watch list. Rita Eckler and Hines were on the list. They finished in the top thirty. We had priority targets on top fifteen guys, and Chris Carson and Tarek Cohen. And then obviously having James White on there, who granted he slowed down a little bit at the end but you know that top 10 finish and, and James Conner was even on our list of of handcuffs who could end up as the as the running back one and so he clearly blew the doors off the league last season with that the results for his running back last year were fantastic we've talked about a little bit on the show before but for people who are just tuning in last year in best ball formats it had a 14 percent win rate which obviously that's far far and above what the average win rate should be zero running back and the one elite running back strategy both really dominated in 2018 and so either way you go with that you definitely want to be hammering these upside running backs in later rounds and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today
3: yeah and when you look at it like this list i, I know obviously we're going to heap praise and sean each and every show when we talk about zero rb but th- this particular list over the last couple of years as you've mentioned has just been you know it's been on point every time and if you're just simply if you're just logging into Rotoviz and you're opening these uh, three or four articles each season and drafting your running backs based on it you've had success in your leagues and you know we've seen we've seen people again this year wondering is it a is it a viable strategy i know you and pat talked about that on on the show uh, this week but you know there's just no way around it and saying that this is the the most viable of all strategies i know we've talked as well about you know taking that elite rb to start things off and i think that is the way to go this year if you're in those top four picks but uh, overall it's just another year where there's a lot of guys on this list and i'm looking forward as the week goes on here to see the rest of the names coming out because when the names pop up i say that's a guy I, that i want to own that's a guy that i own that's a guy i want more of and it's just uh, a lot of good names so we're going to run through the, the list here and look at some of the guys i know um, a couple of weeks ago when we had ben Greg on the show and if you haven't heard that show yet go back and listen to it we talked a lot about the running back dead zone a really fun show and really great feedback coming in from that one but you talked quite a bit on that about Jalen richard in terms of we're looking at the the situation in oakland this year and uh, how the running back will set out and sometimes when you have that rookie running back that's all we focus on we focus on the rookie the rookie the rookie and he starts to climb up in terms of ADP and the other people in the background then can be forgot so I think uh, in terms of what we talked about a couple of weeks back as well with kind of the correlation between pass catching attempts and then that leading to fantasy points and the change in the running back position over the last couple of years uh, I think Jalen Richard's an interesting target there he comes in for you at number 15 on that list when we look down a player that we haven't really talked a lot, and I know uh, this is going to be a player that you have quite a bit of interest in, being a being a Chiefs fan. But that's Darwin Thompson, and he is a, a very interesting candidate. um what, What's your thoughts on Darwin, and what what got him into this list uh, in terms of at number fourteen for zero RB targets this year?
2: Yeah, Darwin has gotten to be a very trendy name in the last couple of weeks, and for good reason. He looked fantastic in the preseason games, although he does look pretty small out there on the NFL field. Uh, his explosiveness his I mean for for a smaller guy he runs with a vengeance right and so I mean he's he's creating those uh, yards before contact the yards after contact he's a perfect fit for this Chiefs offense that despite how good they've been and certainly with Kareem Hunt they were fantastic I don't think they've had exactly the Andy Reid type of back the Brian Westbrook the LaShawn McCoy kind of guy who gives you some of that so much of that pre-contact ability and then that explosive take at the distance sort of speed we mentioned that he's trending now Devin McIntyre has been on this guy from the beginning and has been promoting him promoting him promoting him and you know if you participate in a road of draft you're gonna have to be taking him much earlier even months ago right one of the reasons he you know destroyed his pro day he was a, a great runner last year at Utah State and a very balanced runner and he had 1,044 rushing yards, average 6.8 yards per carry, caught 23 passes, scored 16 total touchdowns. And he's taken that and looks like that guy on an NFL field. To the extent where we're now getting reports that the Chiefs think that he's much more advanced than they realize. And, you know, you see his sixth round pick and you want to hear that kind of thing because one of the the merits that always comes back for someone that late is if the team really liked him, if the team really had any intention of making him even a peripheral part, much less a focal part. Of the offense that they wouldn't have waited so long to draft it but they're saying that may have been a mistake and they feel lucky right they think he's more advanced than they realized at the same time we're starting to get these reports and i don't know that they necessarily come from the team although uh, perhaps they do and i think that if you're a thompson fan you're hoping they do but the carlos hyde might not even make the team and based on what hyde has done the last several years and really how poor of a fit he is for the Chiefs right a plotting back you know doesn't get to the line of scrimmage quickly doesn't break a lot of tackles at this point isn't going to take you know this small hole and turn it into a 50 yard gain you know he had some receiving moments there for the 49ers when they were desperate but is certainly not a plus receiving back so it's not difficult to see a scenario where Thompson forces really a almost a straight timeshare with Damian Williams you know, by the first, you know, end of the first month of the season
3: yeah and when we look at it you know you mentioned what the nfl teams think sometimes of these players and sometimes you do just get lucky in terms of at the draft process a player ends up on your team that's better than you ever expected them to be i always remember back to the i think it was the all or nothing series with the cardinals where they wanted to draft Amir abdullah and then the lions drafted him they ended up with david johnson so sometimes these things can uh, fall into your lap and you end up with a better player than you expected but you mentioned the depth chart there you have uh, Damian williams at the top of it then carlos hyde and you know we talked last year about how much of a plotter carlos hyde has been over the last couple of years obviously with the Browns and with the Jaguars if you look at Damian Williams the big concern with Williams is you know his workload how can he hold up how does he do over a season we're looking at a very small sample size in terms of what he did last year so uh, you know in terms of career rushing yards um, you know his rookie or last year's actually his record for career rushing yards 256 in a season on 50 rush attempts so let's see what happens there i think there's an opportunity where we could be looking back in kind of week seven week eight and darwin thompson could be uh, leading the way in this high scoring chiefs backfield and even if he isn't leading the way having a having a percentage of the work there can really make him a viable uh, candidate for zero RB. so a very very interesting target and as you mentioned becoming a very trendy name over the last couple of weeks next up on the list is naheem hines and we've talked about him a bit on the show recently and uh, over the last couple of months and he's somebody from last year to this year that we've really loved and there's talk coming out this week of uh, marlon mack and possibly a more of a tree down work uh, i i think i'll believe it when i see it i, I really do like mack and i think that uh, he can be a very good player this year in that offense but i think Hines uh, with his pass catching ability is, is really somebody who i'm still continuing to target sometimes sean i'm interested to know your thoughts here on when players and the news comes out at this time of the year uh, are you just setting and sticking to what you believe is going to be the situation obviously you know true past uh, kind of work that you've done and through the research you're doing here Um, or you know when you're hearing things like uh, shifts and uh, and the kind of plans and strategies are you are you factoring them and that maybe that will take away from Heinz work here or are, you, are you still bullish on Heinz at number 13?
2: It's interesting you mentioned that. I think that you just have to evaluate each, each piece of information individually. One of the things about the situation with Hines is that while the fantasy football community has seemingly believed that he was going to lose touches, you know, all through the summer and you know, into training camp, the Colts' B reporters have been insistent that he's locked in in the passing game. And even as sort of a, a red zone weapon as well and that fits very much what we talked about with ben where heinz is number three in trap percentage which means that he actually gets a ton of high value touches and so he doesn't need the gigantic volume to be a fantasy weapon for you but if anything should happen to marlon Mack, i mean heinz is going to be the guy who goes in there and soaks up a lot of that usage and i think is even a better fit for what they do especially if andrew luck is available and they can be a little bit more aggressive you know heinz is a guy who court smith picked out in his fantastic column looking at the big gap running backs the small gap running backs and how you want to attack those guys in the small gap committees specifically the cheaper one of the two players and heinz is a target for him in his second article looking at which specific people he'll be drafting he points out that since 2000 uh there have been 10 running backs to record at least 55 receptions as rookies and then as sophomores that group averaged 250 fantasy points now there are some characteristics that some of the other people on that list that do not apply to Hines, so we shouldn't necessarily expect him to go out and score 250 points but the fact of the matter simply is that someone who had the rookie season that Hines had is a better player than what perception seems to indicate
3: yeah, I think I agree with you there. And another interesting piece is the, the piece that we talked about earlier this offseason with Charles klein Haxel and talking about uh, you know, com- committees that are exploitable and the, the second running back selected and the small gap committees and how they can produce uh, the same win rate as the elite running back one. So like you mentioned, if something happens to Mac, but with, with some of these uh, committee backs, the, the thing that's very important now, I know like 10 years, we were looking at a three down running back. There isn't many of them around now. So even if it is a two man committee, that means that there's an opportunity there for Heinz to have those passing down attempts and to to produce value and I think that uh, he's somebody who's still continuing because it's a bit like um, obviously we're in a situation at the minute with somebody like Melvin Garden who has no contract and isn't uh, looking like he's ready to play for the Chargers anytime soon but the thing that happens is with the value of these players when the reports are coming out that can have a drop in ADP and then it can turn out to be a huge value then when it comes around to things so it's always an interesting balance and I always like to get people's opinion on when the news comes out we see on Twitter sometimes a a huge kind of uh, volume in terms of once one piece of news comes out but it's often better to sit sit and evaluate each piece of news like you mentioned and then make a logical decision rather than go head first in without really uh, researching it and taking each piece of news as it comes. Uh, The next player up in I talked as well about rookies we, we focus on the rookies and we go head first into the rookies and we can see a situation like that with the Oakland Raiders and we can see a situation like that at the minute with the Chicago Bears and David Montgomery after a pretty solid preseason game uh, but when we look at some rookies then that maybe are sliding under the Raider I think they do fall into those two categories overhyped and underhyped just as Hill might be one of those guys at the moment that's a little bit underhyped uh, for the Baltimore Ravens and um, what's your thoughts there on Hill um, obviously he's been the listed number 12 and it was well talked about last year Sean as we discussed uh, Mark Ingram on the show so uh, I guess you're thinking that uh, Justice Hill and his athleticism can uh, surpass Mark Ingram on that depth chart
2: not necessarily surpass but certainly this is a great opportunity because you have an offense that's an emerging offense you have a young quarterback who I believe is going to move the ball well for them this season and even again on a Baltimore you're starting to hear there's reports where Hill is going to have a bigger role than they expected he's more explosive he's more ready to play and then he has adds this element that the rest of the running backs on the roster simply do not have and we looked at that profile it's very clear why that would be right he was the most athletic back from this rookie class 4 440 40 inch vertical and you could see it on the field right his most recent season where he had some injuries knocked his draft status down from where I really believe it would be if he had been healthy. He led FBS as a freshman with 1,142 rushing yards, and then he followed it up with a sophomore season where he had over 1,600 yards from scrimmage, 31 receptions, 16 total touchdowns. This is exactly the kind of back we want right someone who has been extremely productive someone who is extremely athletic and someone who really profiles to take again the high value touches in this committee and this one is a little bit more difficult i think than the situation with heinz or the situation with richard where those guys actually do not have depth charts that have much there so if the starters would go out then you're looking at guys who are already getting the high value touches and suddenly they're going to soak up a lot more touches too which is going to raise their ceiling a little bit although expose them to a little bit more injury risk this backfield you know you have more than mark ingram one of the problems with mark ingram is you also have gus edwards so you have that competition for those early down touches probably a lot of things would have to go right for him to have a huge workload but he's sitting in a very good situation to have the kind of solid workload that will pay off at this adp
3: yeah and uh, also in there as well Kenneth Dixon who from, from his time entering the league somebody I always liked, but he seems now just to be a kind of a, a somebody who's clock uh, blocking progress of players then coming through. but amazingly still only 25 uh, in terms of Kenneth Dixon but there has been some reports in terms of his uh, expectations to make the roster but the Ravens do have a real crowded backfield that will become much clearer over the next couple of weeks but obviously we will be drafting prior to that but I do think in the in those rounds around the, the ADP that he's going at the moment definitely somebody to, to slot in there the last one we're going to talk about in today's show is number 11 that's tony pollard uh, and looking at him obviously we have a situation with ezekiel elliott at the moment but what what's your expectation if elliott comes back and is obviously ready to go week one where do we see tony pollard's value then obviously he's i, I think you're looking at a situation do you think he's still number 11 in the zero rb list even with zeke and then obviously if we're without zeke he, he really skyrockets up to the very top of that list
2: Right, so one of the ways in which the list is organized is by ADP so that drafters can find guys at every level that they can target. So we've got this top 15 list, and we want as people to go through as they go through their drafts to have targets in each range so that they're not sitting to where they have to reach a couple rounds or they don't have the volume of players that they want. One of the things that is very interesting when you go through this is that you discover that there are players who fit the profile that we want all the way through these rounds so you start say in round six round seven and then by round 15 round 16 you have the six or seven guys that will make up your committee and out of that you're going to expect two to three to four guys to break out to some level and to be able to provide you know weekly starters for you, And so Pollard slides in here at 11 because this is currently where he's being drafted. And I mentioned in the article that this does give me a little bit of pause because he's starting to get fairly expensive, especially when you consider the fact that Ezekiel Elliott should play this season, right? <laughs> Everything would suggest that it makes sense for him and it makes sense for the Cowboys for him to be there. The reason I still do like Pollard, the reason why he still makes the list, and Ryan Collinsworth has written multiple excellent articles on him, is that he fits this profile with someone who had 103 catches in college. He has the athletic profile to be pass receiver he had a bunch of special teams value as a college player which is one of those sneaky elements that's a very strong indicator for nfl success but is often not taken into consideration when people are thinking about these players you go into the box score scout and he has some good comps including i think the sort of fanciful upside comp of an alvin Kamara, and so he's going to have a little bit more standalone value than previous Cowboys running backs have had with Ezekiel Elliott. One of the things I think you have to consider if you're an Elliott drafter, if you're looking to take uh, the discount in this next week or so, where maybe he's still out, and certainly you know if he jumps back up to number three once he signs, which for me again does seem fairly inevitable. Um, you know, <laughs> you can't can't say that after what happened last year with with Le'Veon Bell because certainly that also seemed like something where he would have to play and did not, but. Elliott has that risk of losing some of the receiving value that he carved out last season that really made him, you know, such a valuable fantasy football weapon. And so it really kind of works both ways there, where I think Pollard will have some standalone value. Certainly he's creating some risk for Ezekiel Elliott
3: and i'm gonna put you on the spot now sean uh, a two-word answer which of these players at the current adp if you could only pick one are you taking uh, my one would be naheem Hines. so out of that list uh, at their adp which is the one that you would take over
2: and over again darwin thompson
3: obviously getting ready for the new season obviously we well we hope antonio brown's on the raiders he he is in and out as much as anything can happen but uh, levy on bell is now with the jets odell beckham is with cleveland one thing hasn't changed and that's where i'm putting down my money on this season's games my bookie is the place to bet football every weekend even if it's not the weekend those thursday night games those monday night games are a lot of fun to get in on the action as well my bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book period this year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest for place is guaranteed to win at least a hundred thousand dollars and it only costs one hundred dollars to enter all you got to do is pick five nfl games against the spread every week and climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool i do use my bookie and it's where i've bet over the last couple of seasons and uh, i think that it is the right place to go and place those wagers great offers as, as i mentioned there in the advertisement and also when you look at it as well uh, great quick payouts it's really really simple over there you bet you win, they pay. And as well as a RotoViz listener, you can get up to $1,000 of your first deposit doubled in terms of a deposit bonus. All you have to do is use the promo code RotoViz to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code RotoViz. Bet, win, get paid. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm feeling great. Thanks. How about you? You feeling happy? A little angry? People have so many feelings, millions of them. But what if businesses could really understand all of those feelings and then act on them to make their customers feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management, and it's here. Because the future of business has feelings. And I've got a feeling we're all going to like it. Go to sap.com slash XM to learn more. This
1: episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California.
3: So Sean moving forward looking at the range of outcomes app up on the website and obviously that's come out over the last couple of days fantastic work again the apps are just crushing it this season there is just so many it's hard to to keep track of how many phenomenal apps that are just up on the site to really give you an advantage and to dig into pretty much any stat that you need to do so the up on the up on the website at the moment uh, another piece looking at the wide receiver outcomes and the range uh, in terms of where we can expect ty hilton to go and that's coming in terms of court smith uh, so i've been just phenomenally impressed by the app sean first of all let's head on the app before we head on the article what's your thoughts uh, so far
2: it's a lot of fun to play with this dave Cabin has done a great job like you mentioned you can go in you can look at the distribution of results for similar players in PPR, half PPR, standard, you can look at those matching players, you can see what their performances were in the season following the season when they matched up with the guy that you're interested in. So we're going to talk about TY Hilton in a moment here you can go in and see what his comparable players did. So there are a lot of different ways to play around with this and get a feel for what the historical results of these players have been and how that translates into the following season which that's not the only thing clearly that you're going to look at when you make your decision but it is something that provides some insight that you might not otherwise have and will round out some of those decisions for you to see again what some of the different scenarios are what the the low projection is what the median projection is what the high projection is and get a little bit of feel for that benny carter just posted a really cool article on the site for us where he compares that with some work that he also did in our projection machine and he had two strong buys come out of there some veteran guys who were a little bit below the radar in terms of where they are versus uh, where you might expect them to be by adp and so that's a cool read definitely can get in there and see who denny likes but of course looking at at ty hilton here and his takeaway is that Hilton's numbers, and this is even, you know, if we're factoring Andrew Luck into the equation, which, you know, more and more looks a little bit dicey, Hilton's historical projection is not quite as strong as you might expect. Colin, what do you think about Court's take on Hilton here? What are you looking to see when you're evaluating Hilton compared to the guy that Court wants you to take instead?
3: Well, I'm I've always been a big Hilton fan since he came into the league, but I have to agree with some of the stuff, obviously that that courts put in here when he's looking through it. In terms of the the seasons that he's had, though, you know, in terms of production and yards, he has been consistently a producer since his rookie year. And in, in terms of yards, All, the lowest he's ever had in his career is 861 per season. And he has actually been a very consistent touchdown scorer. He's played 108 games, He has 40 touchdowns in that time. He has 33 100 yard games. So there is a lot of things you can look at. The, the might be his uh, you know I, I know you mentioned on the app it's a bit like uh, dave mentioned here it's basically the upgraded version of the sim score app which uh, was always a great app as well but looking at the comparisons it, it might not be really boosting us to where we want to see but i i like i like the guys mentioned as well as the, the guy to target but see in terms of hilton um i know he's somebody that we've talked about a little bit on the show but um from from what i can remember he's a player that you've been targeting quite heavily this offseason uh is, is
2: is that still the case I wouldn't be selecting him anymore with the situation with Andrew Luck. With Andrew Luck, yeah. Right, we just want to stay away from injuries to either the player in question or... A key related player in this case, obviously, very clearly, the quarterback is going to be that guy, and so I would move back off him in the direction of a Keenan Allen or a Stefan Diggs. Some of the players who you know, even a couple of weeks ago, were going in that similar sort of range, Allen now would be separating back up and away from Hilton. That area, especially with AJ Green being injured, is getting a little bit more sparse in terms of receiving options. Another indication that you know, if you can get your key receivers in there, you definitely want to do so court talks about how the app projects him for an average line of 567 and 0.3 touchdowns or 13.7 points per game now that's obviously not a bad score but it's not the huge score you're looking for from your third round pick and he recommends instead taking robert woods who's coming off of 261 point season and has a medium projection that's almost a full point higher there at 14.1 Points per game. And so when you're comparing those two guys, Woods is going several rounds later and is going to offer a little bit better value. He's going about a half point higher. His comps averaged 13.2 points per game. The median score was up there at 14.1. And when you look at Woods' distribution, there are a lot of interesting players there. And he has both the floor we're looking for and this encouraging ceiling court also points out that he actually performed better when cooper cup was playing so a little bit like the situation we've talked about with tyler boyd where boyd has actually benefited from aj green so whether green is there or not he's either going to get the plus volume or the plus efficiency this kind of argument also probably applies to robert woods where regardless of what happens with some of the other players on that roster he is a good pick and a good fit in this offense
3: Yeah, I think uh, in terms of the the overall offense, I think Cooper Cup may have a kind of similar effect on the offense in terms of what Will Fuller does for the Texans in terms of the quarterback increases in terms of his efficiency and his fantasy points, and then the wide receivers around him also tend to increase in efficiency and fantasy points. Uh, Robert Woods is somebody from week... I I remember back last year, I think it was like maybe week two, week three in DFS. It was when I started on the the Robert Woods uh, train, and I've really stayed on it very much ever since. I actually had a trade this offseason in Dynasty where uh, i give up a first round pick uh, to get him on board the roster among with uh, a couple of other pieces because i just think that he's vastly overlooked and that offense is something that i want to have a huge part of so between him and cooks i'm happy to really grab either of them at that point i haven't really been grabbing uh, any of Cooper Cup but what you mentioned in terms of Andrew Luck I, I just wish Andrew Luck could be healthy I just I want to see that season where he can stay healthy the whole way through because uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch and then his link up with Hilton is phenomenal but uh, it's a situation where uh, Hilton is a kind of a, a late second round pick for me at the moment in terms of ADP but if it's a case where Luck is missing the season I think you really have to bump him down probably to that late fourth round I think in terms of Luck being on the field it's a it's a two round swing for me and I think without him if you're looking at Jacoby Brissette at quarterback you know you're really limiting uh, his upside in terms of what he can do so um it's just it's just a very much of a, a concern for me with luck being out I, I really hope things turn around and he can be healthy but like you said i i know we talked about Hilton a couple of weeks ago we talked about him in terms of like a possible uh kind of antonio brown uh clone in terms of moving forward but that that would really rely on andrew luck being, <laughs> being in that offense and being under center so like you mentioned somebody who i'll uh, be easing up on, on my drafting unless he's fallen uh, a little bit later in those drafts and uh, it's just it's just a concern with luck but in terms of the the Rams offense uh, I'm really aboard all all of the pieces there that I can grab my grab my hands on so exciting exciting there do you think what we've seen in the Super Bowl what the Rams been slowed down quite a bit by the Patriots do you think uh you know we've had talk this offseason possibly that uh people may use that game plan to try and figure out this Rams offense do you think uh, I, I think it's a case where it's it's easy to watch the Patriots figure things out but it's another thing to put it into place and be able to stop it I think the Rams are in for another hugely productive season uh is that are you still on with all the Rams
2: I am and I discussed this a little bit with pat yesterday but i would expect number one the thing you mentioned is it's one thing for the patriots to do it it's another thing for most of their teams i also expect that unlike some teams but what we do tend to see from the patriots with their offense is that as teams start to figure out the rams they will continue to evolve and we've seen that with their move to select henderson and add more variety and explosiveness in the running game obviously they'll be getting back some of their guys a little bit healthier you know gerald everett is someone we've talked about a little bit on the show as a potential breakout candidate at tight end they're going to continue to add weapons continue to add variety to what they do continue to make the scheme multiple and difficult to defend so i certainly would not be worried about the rams being slowed down in 2019
3: and i think then as uh you know the conclusion that um court came to in the article he wrote this is not a hit job on helton he's demonstrated his upside and he's fairly priced and i think that's kind of what we've kind of probably hit on there obviously if luck's out his price is probably inflated a little bit but uh, the difference in those two offenses and the difference in the way they're being drafted is likely down to the fact that you have three wide receivers on the rams and you really have Hilton and then the rest in terms of the wide receivers on the Colts. so he's clearly that wide receiver one where the other guys are a little bit lower cost based on um, you know how how they'll be used, but they do tend to have the same in terms of you know volume to to Hilton and in, in terms of how that offense is run. So that I think there's like he mentions here the discount on Woods is just too much to resist. So I, I think is, that he is is uh, he,
2: really spot on there. Exactly, and this is the value of the app where Hilton is obviously going earlier because there is that sense that his upside is quite a bit greater. The app helps you go through that and see where the upside really is and see what the complete range of outcomes are and help you understand what the different scenarios are a little bit better and while you still may select hilton i certainly would select hilton where he's being drafted with a healthy luck and and that makes sense there's nothing wrong with that it does at least let you see that maybe your assumption of upside is not exactly correct or that there are some other elements of that profile that you also want to be considering when you're making that pick
3: So in the fourth quarter, we're going to look a little bit about a piece that Monty Fan is up on the side. I know we talked last week and you said about the the credentials of Monty. I think for anyone that plays in high stakes leagues or the FFPC leagues, uh, know know exactly what Monty's all about. And he's actually in uh, one of our listener leagues at the moment. So I'm enjoying drafting alongside him. Uh, Really interesting to see the strategy develop. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit of the FFPC. And before we do that, I want to let you know they are the home of season-long high stakes football. It's been 10 years since they filled their first dynasty league and they've now grown to the single largest dynasty league commissioner in the entire world their leagues are active and competitive and not a single league has ever folded brand new startup dynasty leagues are still forming right now through the start of the nfl season starting at 77 dollars and up in standard superflex and best ball formats and for those who are you ready for the greatest challenge of your fantasy football lives take a look at the ffpc main event what exactly is the ffpc main event it is the biggest event in season-long fantasy football and this year it's coming to you with a half a million dollar grand prize and over 3.1 million in total prizes you can go to las vegas for the three day weekend of live drafts and festivities or you can also draft online from the comfort of your own home i hope if you are going you've already booked those flights because the the, the main event drafts start from the 23rd of august and run through the start of the season go to my ffpc right now and register that's my ffpc.com the home of season-long high stakes football and as i mentioned there a moment ago. We are having those at Listener League, so if you are interested in those, uh, just send an email to rotavizradio at gmail.com and let us know. We'll be happy to try and get more of our listeners in. It's a lot of fun drafting with these guys. So we're drafting with guys like Monte, we're drafting with Hassan Rahim, I'm in there. There's just so many guys in, and it, it makes it really competitive, and it's a lot of fun to, to see the differences, and it's it's amazing to see some of the some of the listeners are actually more uh, you know adverse to drafting running backs than some of the, the Rotaviz writers. So that was uh, a, fun, uh, a fun kind of drafting experience but we look down through it we're looking at some of the advice that uh, he has given so he's looking at quarterback he, he's he said this one's pretty easiest to wait on quarterback he says about you don't need uh, patrick mahomes you actually he said to let him clarify you don't need the 2019 version of Mahomes, and uh, it's still intriguing to take him there, Sean. I know being a Chiefs fan, it's hard to pass, and the success he brought you last year, it's hard to pass. But I think it's still uh, very evident that uh, you know waiting on quarterback is the the best strategy. Uh, I think we probably can just uh, move along to the next one, or do you want to hit in a little bit on the the quarterback strategy?
2: Well, I, I think that it's it's always fun to look at some of these things that happen and how it doesn't necessarily affect your team Monty talks a little bit about last year they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo and Andy Dalton as their quarterbacks and Andy Dalton was the guy that they relied on early there but then by the time the playoffs rolled around they were using Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen and and they won their league right so you you would think that if you had Garoppolo and Dalton as the quarterbacks that you came out of your draft with last year and quarterback mattered at all that you would lose but clearly, clearly that wasn't the case to them he mentions how you know one of the guys that he knows who won the league uh, selected Mitchell Trubisky in the 20th round I was talking with him a little bit uh, off to the side and, and mentioned that I had drafted my quarterback in one of the high stakes leagues after my kicker one time and certainly that's something that has been established that you can do he mentions that Russell Wilson and Cam Newton are guys who are going to go in many times in the double-digit rounds and are pretty well no-brainers in that range i think hearing some of these sort of fun stories about who people did take and how they were still able to either a come up with a star quarterback you know like a baker mayfield down the stretch and or b win their league anyway really helps to reinforce some of the things that we do know from the stats and what that suggests about the strategy we've talked before about how uh, denny didn't draft a quarterback last year in the apex experts draft and went on to the league so clearly you can do that i've had the opposite experience as well where my highest scoring high stakes team was one that actually drafted after the first thursday night game uh, several years ago, when Peyton Manning had like the seven touchdowns, and you know picked him in the second round, and because of having those massive points from Manning every week, and then it was a zero running back draft where I had Jimmy Graham and then like six uh, top twenty wide receivers, and so you put a Peyton Manning with that, and it juices your results even further. I, I've had the situation. A lot of people have a lot of success with this streaming, even in the high stakes formats where you're going to have twenty players rostered I've definitely been caught out before where a quarterback gets hurt maybe your second quarterback gets hurt you have a bye week that's a heavy bye week and people are vacuuming up these QBs I've had to play multiple weeks in the past without a quarterback because even rostering the 32nd guy that guy who you're not even really sure if he's going to score you know more than five points you know that person was blocked from me so it can work against you as well but certainly i think money's advice is good here
3: next up he talks about the tight end position and i think um you know when you, this is again where it's so important to know your your league strategy there's a lot more tight end premium leagues coming up uh, you know around in terms of the standard formats in both redraft and dynasty leagues and i think when we're looking at uh, the ffpc we're in a similar sort of situation uh, wh- what's uh, your outlook i know we've talked about some of the kind of later round uh, options at tight end and we've talked about the the option of like really trying to get that top uh, tier tight end on the roster over the last two seasons so i think uh my ideal situation is where we go in, we get that tight end uh you know out of those kind of first almost um I still think it's a top three tier. I th- I still have Ertz in there, but I'd be trying to get Kettle um as the one I've been targeting recently. But then after that, you're looking to try and get some guys like Vance McDonald, David Njoku, Austin Hooper. I-, I know a lot of people like Trey Burton. I'm kind of avoiding that one. The other one then is Mark Andrews uh, of the Ravens. So out of those guys, I'm looking at uh, McDonald and Joku and Hooper the most. But what what's your thoughts there? I know I know even deeper down at that tight end position, uh, you're really you mentioned Everett already earlier in the show. So what's your thoughts on tight end? is it still like we've talked about get one of those guys early if you can and then try and fill it up with uh, some of those later pieces then to to flesh out that uh, tight end position
2: i like kittle and, and probably at least a little bit of that is that i have such a high dynasty ownership this certainly will help my teams in both formats if he has a strong season this year one of the things that I really appreciate about how Monty has described this is that he's really given you two different options. And I think these are the two perfect options. You should do one of these two things, which is the first one. And he says his preference is to get one of the elite tight ends and then wait a long time on the backup. So you're not spending anything else at that position. The other one, which he describes as riskier, is to take an older tight end like a Reed, a Graham, or Olsen, and then pair that player with one of the deep sleepers, maybe one of the younger guys, like a Gasecki and Everett. Um, I've written a little bit about Hayden Hurst, who's certainly someone who's not even being drafted most of the time. And so those two different options, as opposed to you know trying to reach or trying to you know pay for some of those middle round guys, who still are going to cost you a very interesting player at a different position but in all likelihood are going to leave you far behind the people with elite tight ends and maybe not beating the people who are streaming or kind of balancing again, this other sort of veteran sleeper approach. Uh, I think that's the thing that you want to stay away from. And so I agree with Monty here in, in terms of what he is suggesting as his two strategies.
3: Yeah and what you touched on there is something that I've noticed uh, particularly drafting over the last kind of month or so is if you don't take one of those top three tight ends and you go into that range with Reed, with Graham, with Olsen uh, you know you, you're kind of you're really passing up on players there who at the wide receiver position have a huge potential upside so uh, you know I, I, I'm, I'm more of that mindset of trying to get the earlier game weight then on it so I think just i i find the value at the wide receiver position at that position you're looking at those tight ends it's just too much to to be passing up and that's that's the way i've set up a lot of those drafts the last one he mentions is kicker uh he mentions and it's very simple uh how to play it and that's wait to the end of draft and take take the game with the latest bye week so i don't know your strategy on kickers uh, but in terms of i know i know we have to have them for the ffpc but if you had the option sean you had to make one decision one way or the other would it be to eliminate kickers permanently from all leagues or would it to be have kickers in all leagues which would you go for i'm on the eliminate all kickers
2: i would also prefer to eliminate the kickers. i think that the main thing that you want to do is make sure that you draft a kicker who is actually on an nfl roster <laughs> because yeah. you, know, you don't really <laughs> even some of the um even some of the higher stakes drafts the drafts where people have spent a lot of money and have put more time into researching you know you'll see some guys come off the board where they just lost a kicker competition in the last week and or you know they're involved in one and so you know you you certainly don't want to select a player even in the last round who might not make his roster and you know take a zero in week one depending on your waiver setup.
3: Yeah, and I, I know uh, you mentioned having one on the roster. The the Vikings uh, have actually traded for the kicker from the Baltimore Ravens, but I think Vikings kickers over the last kind of four or five seasons have been pretty much cursed. So another key would be to try not to draft a Vikings kicker, I guess. But uh, the kicker position uh, is one that I've had along, a long debate. But the only thing worse than the kicker position for me is, uh, well, to be honest, there's nothing worse than the kicker position, but I, I would like to eliminate the STs and uh, the kicker position from all leagues. There are two kind of areas where there is an advantage and you know strategy and them but they they take up more time for me than the, than they're really worth but so sean we're going to finish it off here with a nice uh, quick easy one and that there is what was your favorite tip from monte out of that piece in terms of draft strategy Wh- which one are you
2: are you picking out of the list there well we said that we would get rid of kickers but The reason that kickers do exist in fantasy and can play to your favor is that if you just do the relatively straightforward things and don't make a mistake, then you're going to have an advantage over all the other people who do. So from that perspective, you'd want kickers in the the leagues as long as possible. The thing I liked here, and I think it's subtle and it probably doesn't make a difference to you, but one of the things that I think less experienced or less intense high stakes owners will do a mistake that they make is to not value roster construction and the roster spots and the last roster spots and how that's going to work with free agency the importance of turning over those spots and making sure that you are stashing people who could come into value every week we see people who don't replace their guy who got hurt until the following week well even if you didn't need that spot even if you weren't going to use that spot on a starter there's someone who could come into value during that week that now you don't have because you just sat with an injured player. Monty's point that you should get a kicker with a late bye week is notable to me because that helps you not have to do a shuffling at that position when you're trying to do these other shuffles, right? So not having to mess with the kicker to have that roster spot set and taken care of to not have to worry about how that is going to be shifted around during early buys. That's something that's going to make your waiver experience cleaner, easier, more efficient. And you know, even though it probably doesn't matter, these little things like this, the tiny advantages that you get when you do those kinds of things, you know, over time those will add up. And that's one of the reasons why Monty has been so effective in his high-stakes leagues. Colin, what do you like the most about what he's recommending that we do at the onesie positions?
3: well i touched on the tight end and I, I did like the strategy of going early but the one i think that we didn't really go into too much is the the waiting on uh quarterback and you know we always talk about like certain positions are deep but i think if you look through the the quarterback position this year uh both from um some players have value for different reasons like if we're looking at the kind of more mobile quarterbacks like a lamar jackson uh, you know i think there's you're obviously getting the value there josh allen might have a similar value when we look like there, you can you can argue all the way down to andy dalton that there is value there like and there's players ahead of andy dalton that i would not draft it and then i'd be waiting on andy dalton so there's literally like you know 30 there's about in terms of who i would be happy being my quarterback this year there's probably 20 candidates that i'd be really happy to have and then there's probably 10 of those in the top 10 so i still have 10 late round targets and like uh you know i I, i'm doing a draft at the minute and i waited on philip rivers and you know he's going like kind of that quarterback 16 17 range in terms of the quarterbacks off the board and it's just insane to get those kind of players at that range so waiting on quarterback i think is, is something that's a must in these obviously we've we've talked about like you know the medium projections and how people make at certain points but when we look at the quarterback position come the end of the season there won't be a vast vast difference in terms of the points between a lot of these guys and i, and I think that just waiting a quarterback particularly in baseball formats um is, is the really smart way to go so i, I would pick that option so with that that's going to get us to the end of the show we're going to wrap things up i mentioned earlier patreon make sure you jump in there is that opportunity for the 20 uh, the 10 discount off the two-year pass at rotoviz for the nfl pass that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast it also gets you access into the slack we are giving away five ffpc entries and we have those listener leagues set up as well so any of that interests you do jump aboard to get onto the patreon get onto the rotoviz site uh, and as i mentioned um, as well on last week's show of course if you are um a, a listener to the show we do thank you for that each and every week and uh, of course please do share those uh, tweets and so on on social media it really does help us here to grow our audience so as always thank you for that that's going to do it for today's show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime Arden. my co-host is sean siegel you can follow on twitter at ff underscore contrarian and until we're back with another one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and roto Radio. Please rate and review the roto Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at roto Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to roto at a 10% discount through the roto Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
1: Love a good deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from 19.99, polos from 16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults 10 bucks for kids want fashion in a flash buy online and pick up in store for free hurry the sale ends monday at old navy and old navy.com validate 29 to 9 2 excludes in-store clearance jumpsuits rompers bubbles active license and men's package tees sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history